They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. I'm Joe McGarry. And I'm Dan Rift. And we are three follically challenged, but let's face it, gorgeous, <laughs> handsome men. Uh, talking about uh, ELCA, world hunger, and uh, disaster uh, response. But we have with us today Dan Rift, who is the director for ELCA World Hunger and the Disaster Appeal. So we welcome you, Dan, to being with us. Thanks for taking some time to hang out. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for for the opportunity. Uh, I need a haircut, so I think I've got more hair than anyone else uh, on the (laughs) trigger right now. That is definitely true. That is definitely true. So, Dan, maybe you can just tell us a little bit about your role and some of the work you do. I know we're going to be talking, uh, I I hope at some length, about the event that's coming up on September 24th, but maybe first we can just learn a little bit about you. So if you could just tell us uh, what's your job at at, with the ELCA and, and how that works for you. Sure. So uh, for 11 plus years now, I've worked with ELCA, uh, encouraging congregations and individuals to support the work that we do together um, to address hunger and to address disaster response. That's also included uh, from time to time things like HIV AIDS and the malaria campaign and some of the special initiatives that we've done. Um, New England Synod and a lot of the individuals that are part of this synod. Uh, congregations have been really supportive, encouraging, enthusiastic about that work. But I mean, nationally, this has been one of the hallmarks of what it means to be ELCA Lutheran, to be Lutheran in general. I think if we go all the way uh, back to the whole movement that um, started around Luther, it uh, really Uh, took birth to say, uh, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to be a a person of of faith uh, shaped uh, by Jesus, and that meant uh, to take responsibility, to bend oneself outward to the world, you know, and take responsibility um, for neighbor. Um, The whole idea of Uh, collecting up uh, resources and taking care for neighbor, the whole idea of the table of the Eucharist uh, being shared outward to the world, um, all came out of that movement. And we live in that same way as we respond around the world. And we happen to be terrifically effective at responding to hunger in our own community, but also to do that around the world. And so it's really been an honor, but a lot of fun to encourage this. And I have to say, that's the other hallmark for us. No other place have I seen people get together around the subject as serious and potentially um, as difficult as hunger. And then we do it with such kind of joy and hope as, uh, uh, and the malaria campaign is making pipe cleaner uh, mosquitoes or, you know, all the things that we do with good gifts every year related to ELCA world hunger and to do it with such celebration because we know we're making a gift uh, difference around the world. And so I get to kind of encourage that 
and uh, share a lot of good news of what we're doing. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. I got started doing this actually with disaster response in 1989 with Hurricane Hugo. Uh, so I've been doing this disaster response and hunger stuff. I got started in hunger with crop walks when I was in high school. So I've been doing this yep. for a long time. We have cut the rate of hunger in the world um, by uh, more, more than half, uh, uh, actually uh, by almost uh, two thirds of what it was when I was in high school. Uh, and so we have made astounding progress against uh, extreme hunger in this world um, over and against uh, what people said would be dire predictions of how terrible hunger would be at this point. Um, and we have made a huge difference, and the church has been really setting the models of how to be effective and really been critical to that. And so it's been really an astounding um, arc of narrative and really a lot uh, inspiring to see, and partly yep. because we're all part of it. You know, it just takes all yep. of us doing it. That's the good news that I get to share, and uh, yeah, people forget yeah. how what a difference we're making in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I know so many congregations that participate in some kind of world hunger effort. Right. And, and now with things that are happening in the world with um, disasters and, and just how quickly our church moves into those places and how we come together as congregations to help financially support um, you know, different appeals in order to do the work that God's calling us to do is, is really incredible. Well, uh, we have done a couple surveys. I think uh, 90, depends on which one you look, 92 or 94% of our congregations in the ELCA um, have some kind of local hunger, sustained local hunger response. So yep. we really, this is, when we talk about the fact that we are people who are breaking bread in this world. I mean, that is just who, our identity. But we also are people who are understanding that that doesn't just mean local. It means that we, and we've really stepped this up in this time of COVID-19, but it also means we're, we're doing it. Uh, we've also seen that that challenge extends much further than just the footprints that we walk or the reach that we have. And that's been yeah. important because the most um, critical and extreme hunger in the world actually is probably beyond our reach in many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That kind of life taking, uh, life changing, you know, uh, future robbing hunger that we see in a lot of places in the world um, are also things that we have a chance to to make a difference in. And that's why we bind, we bind together to do that work. And, um, and as I said, we really do it well. Yeah. I'm really definitely. pleased to, to hear you say um, that during this pandemic, we really stepped it up, um, especially because I know for a lot of people, this has been a time of isolation, loss, lament, um, anxiety, of course, dealing with the virus itself and the, the health problems and even death in so many places. Um, it could be, it, it's been a real downer to say the least for a lot of folks. And, um, and even if it, you haven't been directly affected, you have been because you've got the weight of everything going on in the world. 
and it's it is good news to hear that our faith still shines a bright light in the midst of that uh even even when all that is being experienced so uh thanks for bringing some good news and shining it out because uh i know even for us it's good to hear it i mean it's it's easy to think okay well what are we doing in our congregation right now as people are trying to figure out do you come back to being in person what are you doing with online stuff how are you keeping people connected it's all very congregation focused and at the same time i know both joe and i serve congregations and our leaders that want to to be generous people we, we want to be active in the world we want to we want to live our faith out not just uh be caretakers of it so it, it it's a, it's a joy to hear that dan so thank you very much for sharing that well, I think to some extent, one of the things that we did really early on with the ELCA World Hunger is we um, we decided uh, we had the opportunity. We've had this little model that we started a couple years ago of small grants. Um, we call them daily bread grants. They're $500 grants to congregation-based hunger initiatives. Um, and the whole idea was uh, we'll give you $500 if you help to, if you can find a raise $500 from other people locally to start a new initiative that you feel would be really effective to respond to hunger in your community. And the idea of that grant was um, to build up the capacity to raise more money within communities. It was to help congregations to learn how to um, go out and ask for additional resources locally. Because yep. We're not yeah. always good at that, you know. We're we're right, sometimes right. very good at the ministry. Sometimes we're not good at inviting people to participate or to support the ministry. At this point, this year, we just said, "Look, here's five hundred dollars. Go try to raise money, but we're not going to make it conditional at all. If you have something you think you can do, and this was in March, if you in early April, if you have something you think you can do that's a natural extension of what you've done, just go do it. And the reason we did that is because we just saw the situation where people were kind of paralyzed. They, they just didn't, what can we do? You know, and we knew that congregations knew what their community needed, but they needed some impetus to get started. And these were astoundingly successful. So we did a second round of that afterwards, you know, and so we've done a couple rounds of this and the, and our, our little bit of money has raised thousands and thousands of dollars, more than more than four times, five times what we put in of other money that was raised um, through wow. other sources awesome. from other places that people. So it was just a let's get this seeded. You know, it was kind of the mustard seed approach. And I think this kind of thing, I mean, and that was our little glimpse into this. I think that's been repeated over and over again, where people have found new ways to do ministry. I mean, this adaptation into uh, ways to do ministry is happening all over and not just in the hunger uh, area. But I also get concerned, and I, especially for rostered leaders, especially and not only rostered leaders, but lay leaders, those who have been key leaders in congregations, that um, the handoff to other leaders it, uh, gets to be really difficult in this situation, especially when we get so dependent on technology to be able to reach to people. And um, uh, and I think we stressed uh, social isolation when we needed to be talking about physical isolation. 
So physical isolation right. is really important and social connection is really important in this moment. And this is, comes out of the disaster response. We've learned this in disaster response that, that social connection is actually the most important thing in the middle of a disaster and post-disaster. We need to keep physical distance, but we need social uh, closeness in this time. And the church social is, connection. is the place where that, I mean, we are built for that. So I don't know if you're seeing this in your congregations, but in a lot of congregations, they're seeing greater participation than they typically will see, but not, but it's harder to make that participation happen. You know what I mean? And it's a real yeah, stress totally. on leadership. There was a big learning curve for my, many people in my congregation in, in adapting to technology. The first time I ran a Zoom call for people in my congregation for a fellowship time, one person came on and, and didn't realize her, her computer didn't have a web camera or a mic. So she had to go out and, and adapt to that. And, um, but since then has been able to participate. And, uh, you know, my, my calls that I make to, to my people to check in uh, as the, we were going along in the pandemic, they went from a five, 10 minute check-in to a 15, 20 minute, 30 minute conversation because they just wanted that connection that they weren't typically getting on a regular basis. Well, we've seen adaptation happen in the hunger work that we do all over the globe. Um, and so that's been really wonderful. Our great worry is uh, we have made, you know, we, we just year in and year out, we have such regular support coming in from individuals and congregations that we pretty well adapt, know that we can build um, a commitment around the world and around the, the country of about $21 million for our programmatic work. So we have a mission spending plan this year of $21.5 million. And we were right online to going, we were going into Lent and we, you know, Lent's our second biggest time and you know, Advent and Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, our biggest time. And then all of a sudden we just hit the skid, hit the skids in terms of everything slowed down for us. So we've had to do a lot of adaptation because we don't want to slow down and program. What everything is saying is that the great, there are going to be greater impact from COVID-19, more deaths from COVID-19 and more and greater impact from COVID-19 as a result of hunger than there will be from the, from the virus itself. Wow. I mean, wow. this is the big kind of thing that's not being talked about, I think, internationally is the the death and the rate from extreme hunger, the impact of extreme hunger will double this year is wow. predicted by, by uh, this year, uh, by the end of the year internationally. That means all this progress that we've made over the last 15 or almost 20 years will be temporarily undone. And the stunting in children will be tripled. This is, and that will have longer term impact. And yep. in the midst of that, the last thing we want to do is roll back our programs because we don't have as much support. And our worry is, you know, our worry is congregations aren't meeting in place. They're not going to do all those crazy activities of putting up their good gifts trees, and they're not going to be yep. doing yep. all their things with the children and noisy offerings and all that stuff, which is about half of our resources. And, you know, um, and so we're trying to create other ways to invite people to participate because we know if we can invite people, they're going to support us. I mean, we got a great 
group of people who support ELCA World Hunger, but they support us through their congregations. And so we're just trying to create ways to remind people, hey, we're out here and this is as important as ever. And if we happen to get more money this year, we got more programs. I mean, we can expand the work, no problem, but we don't want to have to roll back the work. Sure. And so um, Rick Steves, who's kind of that travel guru guy, Rick Steves. Yeah, um, we love had, Rick Steves. We've been watching him for 20 years. <laughs> So he's in, he is, he has teamed up with Bishop Eaton and the two of them, by the way, make a great team. They are, they have chemistry between the two of them and they are inviting the church at large and anybody who wants to come um, to a big event, a fundraiser event, virtual event on the 24th of September at 8 p.m. Eastern to uh, be online as a virtual fundraiser to support uh, ELC World Hunger we have some folks who will be, well, we got some special stuff going on. We're trying to raise a quarter of a million dollars at night. We got some people uh, who are going to jump in and, and help to encourage some giving during that night. And so we are hoping to uh, attract an audience. The information yeah. on that is online uh, at elca.org backslash hunger fundraiser. That's all one term. Um, uh, it's also on the ELCA website. Uh, we're asking people to sign up, but you can also just join that night. And so that's what I'm really pushing is, and I have to say, we hope it will be entertaining. They are going to let me like get on there every once in a while. Um, so, uh, so you can, that'll be a good, cause that gives you a moment to break. If you have to go get coffee, when you see me there, <laughs> come back on and enjoy Rick Steves. And then um, he's pre-recorded some stuff and out of a video that he's done under hunger and hope. We got some really good storytelling out of the um, daily bread grants and the COVID-19 work that we've been doing as a church. It will make you proud to have been in, uh, to have been there. It will make you excited. I think it's a well worth your time. We want to make it worth your time, and uh, I want, I'm really glad that you guys uh, are are uh, gathering people to to know about that event. So thank you for that. Well, that's our pleasure. Yeah. So we I'm really excited about it. I I've recently learned about it. Um, and the more that I that I hear, I think it's just a great representation for what our church can do and and what our church is doing um, and, and letting people know about it. And, and one of the things that I think a lot of churches are asking right now is, how do I let people know what the ELCA is, what it's about, what it's doing for the world? And this is a great opportunity for every church to share this and say, take some time and, and watch this video and see what we are doing and, and how lives are being change because of how we are preaching the gospel. Hey, Joe, that's a really good idea because you don't have to be ELCA to, to enjoy Rick Steves and to come in and listen to all right. this thing. And it would be well worth it. And they will get an invitation to give for ELCA World Hunger, but um, just finding out about what it means to, to care about the world and to know about that is really good. Yeah. And yeah. Um, to find out about some of the stuff that's going on in the world through the eyes of the church is a great way to find out because you're learning about it with a with a uh, in a spirit of hope, not despair. And uh, these days, hope is a rare commodity. It is. Yep. 
So with that, I mean, uh, we've experienced um, throughout the country a number of disasters between hurricanes this season already and the wildfires out west. And uh, I know our church is pretty actively involved with some of those things. You want to share a little bit about Yelsky's disaster response? Sure. Let me p- pivot over to that. And um, uh, and just to say, it, it is uh, astounding to see how the church has responded. Uh, I mean, I think we've got two huge uh, advantages for us. And one is we have a really, really connected and resilient church. It, it, uh, it's, it's sad and unfortunate to say, but the places where we've experienced disasters this year um, are places where folks have been fairly well practiced at responding to disasters. And so those synods and congregations have been, you know, in those locations were fairly ready to respond. And then our Lutheran social service organizations um, are strong in those locations as well. And so um, really the stories go back to uh, the tornadoes that hit in Tennessee and then hit in the Southeast uh, earlier this year. And I bring it up because uh, the tornadoes in Tennessee hit before COVID-19. And we literally, I mean, literally, uh, Lutheran Disaster Response rewrote the manual on how to do uh, volunteer cleanup and and, uh, uh, and keep safe in COVID-19, under COVID-19, how volunteers can be mobilized. And that volunteer kind of protocol is being used by a number of other organizations now. And so um, that's really, really critical for a number of organizations post-storm. I think the unspoken disaster right now, the one that's not being remembered is what's going on in Iowa with the derecho and the storms that went through Iowa, um, which hit three of our congregations and a lot of uh, a lot of communities there, uh, especially Cedar Rapids. And um, then the hurricanes uh, that came through, especially in Louisiana, and now the fires that have gone through in California and in Oregon. And in all those locations, we have frontline uh, responses that are going on through the synods, the congregations, and through the social ministry organizations, social service affiliated organizations in those locations as well as some of the East Coast uh, responses in North Carolina and other locations. Um, And that's just been really heartening to see those going on. Um, I'd say that uh, our general support to Lutheran disaster response over the last couple of years has helped us to be able to respond to that and to COVID-19 more than the immediate financial responses. So, uh, and that's been a real gift. Uh, And and I think for me, uh, kind of a testimony to abundance that we have had some great responses in the last year that allowed us to carry into this year. Uh, and we're hoping, you know, that we will continue to see that kind of response, but we started strong this year and that has helped us to, to stay that, to, to stay the course. So, um, And then I think the, Tomorrow is we're we're recording this on uh, September 10th. So 
even though it's been 19 years, but tomorrow, um, September 11th continues to be to me a moment to remember that, that tragedy doesn't just leave our hearts quickly. And, um, uh, and so for many of us that remember, it's a day of remembrance that uh, we carry um, the witness of many uh, with us and this kind of response, uh, both in tragedy and in hope uh, and the way that it shapes us uh, continues. And I think the churches continue, you know, the response that this church had, Lutheran disaster response, the ELCA uh, on 9-11 and the months and years that followed to show the reason why our staying with that for so long has the uh, is so important, and so um, mm. even as we're facing new disasters, I think the long trajectory, the long uh, arc that we take is so important. So, thanks for asking for the immediate about the immediate, but I also think the long walk that we take with people uh, in tragedy is important as well. Yeah, that's great. I mean, relationships are so key, and um, it, it's nice that we have structures people and a, a plan i guess i would say a strategy that that's all about keep, keeping those things going it's not just about getting a photo op and getting out of there um or, or yeah stuff off and we're done this is about long-term care and it's about loving people and i mean that's that's the heart of what faith is i think so um yeah it's it's really touching and uh it, it's great to be a part of that. So thanks for sharing that as well. Um, besides this event coming up on uh, September 24th, which we're all going to enjoy and spread the news about, um, what else are you looking forward to coming up? Well, um, so if, <laughs> if you are part of an ELCA congregation and if you've seen our stuff for Advent before, you will be seeing it coming to you soon mostly virtually, including our advent calendar and all that kind of fun stuff. So we are hoping, you know, we like to, my, my attitude about this, I've been doing this now for more than a decade for ELCA, is that I just hope that I, I always want our stuff for ELCA World Hunger to um, be an add-on for any network or any activity of a, of a church to make whatever fun thing that you're doing a little bit more meaningful. So, hey, uh, we're going to get together and do something. Well, let's do something for ELCA World Hunger. That will be, that will make it more profound, more, well, add on something for us. So we try to do that, especially during Advent. So if you've got some activities and you want to do something, and they're at home activities, uh, okay. and that's for this year. So we're hoping that'll, that'll be good. And, um, uh, and, Mostly, we are, I mean, we're thinking the same. I mean, we're experiencing uh, at our churches, at our church and our my church life, at our church is exactly what you're experiencing, which is trying to figure it out as we're going along. We're making it up and we're figuring it out as we're going along and we're adapting. And that's a kind of a fun uh, at times, arduous at times, <laughs> spirit-led kind of journey. And um uh, and I, I wish the best to both of you and to uh, to all the listeners that you have of how you're figuring out how to be church as we are living in this year. I mean, I remember back, I mean, I look at the stuff from 
a century ago and look at what happened in the 20s after the Spanish flu and you know kind of hold out a lot of hope that this will this will give rise to new opportunities and new things and new ideas and uh, I can kind of sense that that might be possible as well so so I keep my kind of spirit of optimism and hope in the middle of all this uh, as a person who's lived in doing hunger and disaster work for three decades, uh, I can still see that on the horizon. So. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And, and thank you for sharing it. And like you said, you've been doing this for a while, but I still hear in your voice, your enthusiasm for yeah, doing this work and it, it really comes out. It really comes out, and, and I'm so thankful for, for that because we need that kind of energy and, and enthusiasm and excitement to get us energized and enthusiastic about um, doing this work because it can be a lot. It can be overwhelming sometimes, but seeing the good work that we are doing um, and, and the, the change and the transformation that can happen in people's lives because we at, at our congregational level have an opportunity to you know, raise some money, but we don't think it's a lot, but when we all come together yep. and, and we all have that big, um, you know, all, all of our little gifts get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it really does make a, a difference. Yeah, Joe, I, I have to say, um, it is good to pause every once in a while, because I think what looks like, well, we're just doing this thing in our congregation Congregations are doing profound things. I mean, yeah. in these activities that we're doing, I mean, really profound, making profound differences. Uh, we say, well, it's just it's just a few pigs that get to a community. Those few pigs can change the tra trajectory of of lives, and and yeah. I mean, and they yeah. do. And I've seen it. And I mean, I'm I I I absolutely want people to know. This is not just kind of a nice story that gets made up some on somebody's desk. I mean, I've, I've seen this and it's not just that we give the pigs. I mean, the pigs, this is like um, pig clubs that get started and kids mm. are drawn into a community and there's accountability and it changes kids lives because they become responsible. And then they, when they want, when they need to go to school, those pigs can get to be sold or they need health care. Those pigs become the resources that a family have. I mean, it literally changes yeah. the trajectory of lives. And for us, yeah. it's a special activity and it seems like, oh, just something minor that we've done. But it is really profound activities that we are engaged in. Um, and so thank you for that, Joe. And thank you for that, Jeff. Yeah. And thank you for everyone who is participating in this. Well, thank you. And, and I hope to see a lot of our congregations um, on the 24th at 8 o'clock online. And, um, and, and I hope we do reach that goal of a quarter of a million dollars that we can raise. And, and so I know that I will be there that night. Uh, I'm sure Jeff and his family will be there that night as well. Yep. And uh, we'll see what we can do together as a church. Um, so thank you so much, Dan, for coming on. Um, and once again, we are the Two Bald Pastors, helping you connect your faith with your life. I'm Joe McGarry. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And thank you. Appreciate it. Dan Rift out. They might not have hair, but they really